welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense, the podcast from Shieldwall Productions, where we talk about anything and everything generally nerdy, hence the name. And on this episode, we have myself, John. And Jacob. What's going up? We are doing another... Thematic genre, does that blend well with tabletop role-playing? Indeed. I completely blanked there for a second. <laughs> I saw that. Oh... But we, the, the setting we're covering, covering today is cyberpunk. Yes, and those who have been keeping up with this miniseries within a podcast series will perhaps have started to detect a bit of a theme in that each podcast in this little miniseries is slightly correlated or related to the previous one. It is. It might give you a roadmap of what's to come, or we'll throw you a curveball by doing something completely unpredictable, because we're still shield wall, and far be it from us to do anything properly. Yeah, I, cyberpunk is definitely one of those settings that can be very enjoyable. It has its place in the settings of all the tabletop games, because it fits a relatively unique setting. Yes, yeah, so before we go on, we should perhaps define cyberpunk for those who are somehow uninformed and not familiar with Shadowrun. Yep. So, Cyberpunk is a subgenre of science fiction in a futuristic setting that focuses more on combining lower quality of life and higher tech, you know, more advanced technological and scientific achievements like AI and like cybernetic augmentation <laughs> and stuff. Um to kind of offset or contrast with a certain amount of breakdown or massive shift in social order. Yeah. It's the easiest way to kind of describe it is if human technology continued to advance, but we never went into space. Right. We or rather, usually it's we're still stuck on Earth, and technology advanced, but society and everything else kind of went downhill. Right, and as opposed to science fiction, which can take point at any point in futuristic time, it's, it's, cyberpunk tends to... In the near future. Yeah. So it's nightmarishly believable. Yeah. Or sometimes just kind of laughable. Right. It It's one or the other. The... It seems the later you get with cyberpunk, like, if you look at traditional cyberpunk, it's kind of laughable, but as years go on and people try to make it a little bit more believable, it becomes a little bit less laughable. Right. Especially once it kind of uses the kind of hallmark elements of detective fiction, noir, and... Um, Postmodernist stylings mm -hmm. to describe an you know, often kind of cynical nihilistic underground of or underbelly of humanity. And cyberpunk really does that well with the. This is a very nihilistic, depressing view of what the future is to hold. Yeah. So it's hard to say. Um, Science fiction is, tends to focus on super-advanced, high-tech, mm -hmm. futuristic utopias. Cyberpunk, opposite. Super high-tech, but not utopias. Troubled futures, generally speaking. 
more on the dystopian side. Yeah. No, it's it's in that dystopian view though that it really kind of seems a little bit realistic because as opposed to you know Star Trek, it's kind of like the 40k of sci-fi. It's it's kind of under understandably realistic in the fact that things aren't nice. Right. Just like in the real world. And bef before you, the keyboards start clacking, but, but Jacob, 40K is sci-fi. No, we did an entire podcast where me and Jacob argued for about an hour about this. Well, I meant, like, 40K is the sci-fi, like, what, versus, like, Star Trek is the sci-fi, what in cyberpunk of, is, to... In terms of emotional overtones. Yeah. 40k, not nice. It's not nice. It is not a nice place. And generally, cyberpunk places, cyberpunk settings aren't nice places either. Now, the setting of cyberpunk, it very rarely takes place outside of cities. And the cities are massive, sprawling cities. Yeah, originally inspired by um, Hong Kong. Yeah. Is where the original cyberpunk authors took their inspiration for setting the tone and painting the picture of their cities. Just Hong Kong is just kind of this very electric city. Like, you know, there are lights everywhere. It's just a sprawling, heaving hive mm -hmm. of humanity. And there's not the same kind of um, typical urban planning in terms of the layout, the street layout, and how things flow. It's it's very similar to a hive city from 40K. Yes. Um, the one thing with all the technological advancements is they never advance past neon signs. Well, they last a long time. They don't need to advance <laughs> past them. It's already perfected technology. You light it, and then it never goes out. Yeah. Until it does. Listen, I don't know tech stuff. It's all sorcery to me. If my light goes out, I pray to the machine spirit. But and then I call you. <laughs> and then I pray to the machine spirit. Just louder. Right. Now, th with cyberpunk, typically in cyberpunk universes, there's a massive shift from people living outside of cities to moving into cities. That's usually It's usually caused by either war, natural disaster, or some other sort of reason that it's kind of uninhabitable right. or just not as nice as it used to be in cyberpunk. A lot of it is magical creatures and also just pollution or, or, in, or, or at least can be, or can be, um, examples of cyberpunk, you know, matrix blade runner. Yeah. That sort of things. So, you know, they're not magical creatures per se, but given the nature of the tech is like that is basically magic i mean in cyberpunk uh in their lore there was kind of like a convergence of like a magical realm you mean shadowrun shadowrun there yeah. we go Sorry. right it's a is it is a strange but very very nice and tasteful blending of sci-fi cyberpunk and fantasy yeah We've already, we've, already talked, we've talked about that as a podcast before, actually. It generally is, is if it is mixed with fantasy, it's low fantasy. Yes. Because high fantasy doesn't really have much of a place in a very gritty universe, such as cyberpunk. Right. Now, with 
there there can kind of be two different ways that cyberpunk can be portrayed there's either the version of cyberpunk where police are very overbearing and there's also the cyberpunk where police are almost non-existent right and there's two different versions both that either the government is very has a lot of power it's very controlling or none at all because it's been wholly replaced by massive global corporations that have that have taken place in the of government in terms of politics and sometimes even military yeah the thing about that is no matter which you choose whether or not the government's overbearing or almost non-existent they have a very similar feel because the corporations in the version of cyberpunk in that setting are basically the replacement for governments right it might not seem like they're organized like a government would be but they'd have just as much power right i mean after all it is the president of a company yeah and at one point let us be known that at one point in the world's history Pepsi Company was the sixth most powerful military in the world. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you look at the East Indie Tea Company, uh, East Indie Spice Company. Yeah, so we've had a little taste of cyberpunk uh, narrative flair throughout history, some of it quite recent. And both of them have their own very unique aesthetic, though the more Orwellian uh, cyberpunk aesthetic. I'm not the hugest fan of. I like the corporation one just because it's. It feels a little bit more believable, with how wonky. Boy, you're not wrong. Yeah. Calling it now. Was it 2019? I had to check what year it was. Fuck. So 2019 now. 2030, Disney owns everything. Not just media, but literally everything. Like. A mixture of Disney, we Amazon. Are ruled, we are, Disney buys Amazon. Disney just absorbs the world. And like, well, but what about Monopoly? What about, you know, Monopoly laws or whatever? It like, doesn't matter when they get big enough. Right, because they can just buy their way out of it because you don't fuck with the mouse. Especially now that the mouse has basically become god emperor of the world. Uh, Nightmarishly wholesome. Oh! And... I, I, I like that, that the corporations kind of took the place of the government. Because it's a very bleak way of, like, the corporations in Cyberpunk are out to get money. And if you get in their way, you're done. Right. It's like small startup when a giant corporation comes up with a product that's very eerily similar. Mm-hmm. They're, they can be ruthless. Man, it's a really good thing we do not produce anything of any value whatsoever to larger companies <laughs> we are completely totally safe from hostile takeovers from larger corporations because that'd be corporate suicide for them Cease we've stop. acquired we've acquired shield wall productions why is our stock tanking <laughs> now within cyberpunk there is a very stark contrast between the economic classes where there's pretty much just the very rich corporate elite and then there's everyone else who's just trying to survive <laughs> yeah that's getting a little real because like we're, we're towing the line but in a strange way it's 
less so like just trying to make money to survive and more like you actually are trying to fight off <laughs> corporate dunes corporate dunes be or with cyberpunk whatever isn't controlled by the corporations is controlled by the gangs right so if you don't have that corporate like protection you have to fight off the gangs and like make your money because everyone else in the underbelly is just trying to survive from you know not stepping on the corporation toes so they don't get tactically nuked <laughs> but also not trying to like lose all their money paying protection fees to the local gangs yeah it's like listen we either stay off the corporation's radar so we don't get technically nuked or we go bankrupt paying these protection rackets or we lose our kneecaps yeah it's one of the three i'd rather eat rats than lose my kneecaps i mean well maybe not me personally because i don't really use i i i i'm i'm a pretty stationary person so like i guess i'd be okay with losing my kneecaps but you start going after my fingers and i need those hey but that's the thing about cyberpunk is Sure, I can replace this. Sure, we haven't gone into space, but there's a whole lot of body modifications that are much better than what you currently have if you have the money. Which you don't. Or if you're stealthy enough to uh, steal them from a corporation. Dumb enough. <laughs> Depends how good you are at hacking. Now, on the topic of hacking, hacking in cyberpunk is the cyberpunk equivalent of what magic is in D&D. Yes. Explain it away with hacking. Like, you're a hacker man. Literally just about to mention, you know, early, mid-90s hacker films where, like, tack attack attack on the keyboard and suddenly a helicopter's flying out of the sky. <laughs> I'm in the mainframe. <laughs> I'm in. And it's, it's kind of fun. Like, it's a... It, feels like something new even though it basically is magic from D&D. Right. Because you explain it away with instead of the willy woos with the hack a woos Yes. hack Clackety-clues? Because of the keyboard? There we go. Now, willy woos and clackety-clues. The two, the two different schools of magic depending on what setting you're in. Yeah. And if you get good enough, you can hack body modifications. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> but he could not, for the hacker had control of his arms. But at the same time, typically in things like uh, Cyberpunk or uh, Shadowrun, the, the hackers are typically very similar to what magicians are in D&D. They're very weak. And they need a lot of support if they want to do their to the what they can do for damage, you know? Right. They, so, need, to be, they need to be protected while they're doing the clacty clues. And it's it's recommended you have at least one hacker in your party, but you also need the muscle behind it. Yo. Because you put me in front of a computer and there's a strong chance it'll get broken if I get frustrated enough. Yeah. And... Although most missions are generally solved either through political intrigue, hacking, or stealth, you always want the heavy support on standby because what can't be solved by hacking can usually be patched up moderately okay with heavy weapons. Right. Now if that it cannot be fixed with brains, it can be uh, dealt with with brawn. Yeah. 
Now, that's the one thing about Cyberpunk, is generally the weapons haven't advanced that much. You might have slightly advanced, mod uh, like, of modern weapons, and you might, you might or might not have the occasional laser weapon or Gauss weapon. But other than that, conventional ballistics are still kind of king in Cyberpunk. Because right. it is still the relatively near future. Right. And... If we're talking in the world ruled by mega corporations where the bottom line is everything, why invest huge amounts of money developing high tech weaponry when the standard conventional ballistics work just as well and are super cheap to manufacture? See, here's the thing is with laser Gauss weapons, you know, I mean, laser weapons more than Gauss, but you can just charge it up. You can't sell the ammo, and corporations want to make money by selling the ammo. Right. You know, there's that ammo corp that if you if you dare invent anything else and put it on the market, they will end you. They will nuke you out of existence. Yes. And I mean, with cyberpunk, typically, like, countries are a conglomeration of different corporations right. that work together. Yes. Begrudgingly. To kind of, yeah, to kind of support create that support that a normal government would make mm -hmm. but they each corporation is very careful not to step on each other's toes because well if they do it's all out war yes and when you have no government to go to and be like hey this corporation's literally sending goons after me because well you got rid of the government right and it's like so if only we had some sort of oh right we we got rid of those now you have to make a trade agreement with PepsiCo to get their nuclear Sub submarines to help you. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. It is. I, I love it. The Soviet Union gave them the submarines so they could keep, basically to pay for the continuing, continued importation of Pepsi. 17 submarines, a destroyer, a frigate, and a cruiser. All to basically pay Pepsi what the Soviet Union couldn't actually afford because they just loved Pepsi so much. Khrushchev went to America and he's like, Pepsi, holy shit, this is the one thing that communism is missing. Actually, no. So, quick tangent aside, because, you know, quick tangent. It was when there, it was when the Soviets and, the, uh, and America were doing a kind of cultural exchange. It's sort of a like, okay, let's you know, smooth things over. Let's see what you guys have been doing. Let's show you what ours have been doing. And Grisha was super unimpressed with what America had to offer. And there's kind of some bickering between Khrushchev, President, and Vice President Richard Nixon. And there's a lot of you know, heated argument, heated debate, whatever. And the somewhat, like, not one of those three noticed, you know, Khrushchev's wife, because he was starting to perspirate, handed him a Pepsi. He's like, hmm, took a drink. Easily fell argument to He's like, I may not like a lot of what you have here. What can we do to get more of this into the country? And originally the trade agreement was vodka for Pepsi. Right. And then Khrushchev wanted everyone in Russia to have Pepsi. And then everyone in Russia wanted everyone to have Pepsi. Because it was from the West. Truly, I will never understand Russians because Pepsi? I mean, Pepsi is better than Coke. You're just that's just that's just not true, and you know it. <laughs> it is. Pe Pepsi is far superior. 
we can have an argument about this on a different podcast. Right now we're talking about cyberpunk. <laughs> yes. So, corporations... Blind in- taste hasn't shown Coke is better, you stupid fool! Coke is meant to be drunk warm. Pepsi's meant to be drunk cold. I like cold beverages. They're both meant to be drank cold. Coke was developed before refrigeration. Pepsi was developed after. If you drink Coke warm and Pepsi cold, they taste the same. No. Yes. False. Correct. Back to cyberpunk. <laughs> so, with cyberpunk, you you are kind of forced to meet a certain aesthetic, and that is punk rock or grunge. Right. Or they, do, they do. They do. They. The initial cyberpunk uh, subgenre in terms of literature, heavily inspired by the punk movement. Yeah. Hard so, to blame them. Old school punks were very fashionable. And you even see this in how the universe is kind of portrayed with its, you know, you got to fight the system, man. You got to fight, like, stick old- it to the man. Exactly. And if you. Go. Don't forget the neon hair. Exactly. Neon hair. Liberty spikes. Liberty spikes. Gauges. Denim, leather studs. Yeah. Spikes. Spiker jackets. More spikes. Boots. Spiky boots. Boots with metal plates on them. Chains. Lots of chains. If you go overboard on the punk aesthetic, it's impossible to overdo the punk. Because the more punk you have, the more punk you are. The more punk you are, and the more cyberpunk you are. Right. And the more punk you are, means that punk's not dead? Yeah, I guess. I mean, but grunge, grunge is dead. Yeah. It's long dead. Yeah. This podcast lasted longer than grunge. Uh, no, not quite. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. No. We're still a few years off. But you know what? Now I will keep track. If we can, if Shield Wall Pockies can outlive Grunge, I will consider my life a success and I can, you know, go do something else. Maybe it's have a sandwich. Hard. <laughs> Grunge tried to kill the metal. Now, with that stark contrast, the lower city is all punk, but the higher city is all very corporate, like just soul suckingly dead. Like, business as cubicle farms as far as the eye can see and that's how you kind of get your players more into the punk aesthetic of it is by showing like if you go with corporations you literally have to just give up you are chained to a desk yeah your entire soul you just have to live in those cubicles it's a fluorescently lit air conditioned well i guess if it's air conditioned it's not really a sweatshop is it Chill shop. Labor farm? Yeah. Corporate labor farm? Yeah. And if you paint that picture, it generally makes the player more willing to fight against the corporations. Or right, because that like... sounds awful. Yeah. I'd rather rough it dealing with the underhivers than suits. <laughs> As well, um, now there is cyberpunk, but there's also kind of hints of Japanese culture because during the 90s, like, that was also kind of big, like, the kind of taking what Japan had and putting it 
in with American culture. Right. So if you paint some like Japanese cultural undertones in your cyberpunk, it does it a bit of justice. Yes. It's kind of cool. Now, with food and nourishment, most of it is grown, like, you have lab-grown meat, you have soy plant farms that are, like, hydroponics and stuff. Most of the food doesn't come from the agricultural world anymore. It is just mass-produced. Industrially. Pretty much. And if you really want to take a turn for the the macabre, go Soylent. Yeah. Don't worry. It's no one you know. Now, you generally want to kind of shoehorn your players into the idea that it's much better to go at things from a stealth or hacking focus than just guns blazing. Right, because if if going loud is your first resort, you've already lost. Yeah. Because the mega corporations have more guns than you. Now, if you can get in kind of good with some mega corporations, you might have a little bit more survivability, but... Again, if you insist on going in guns blazing all the time, you have become a liability that will cut you loose very quickly. Yeah. And what's also interesting about at least Shadowrun, for example, a lot of the gameplay is based on who you know and what kind of, like, fake either, like, identities you have. Right. Because the one thing that, you know, corporations and whatever city you're in kind of overlooked... Is the fact that, yeah, if people are moderately good at hacking, they can just create you a new social uh, security card or whatever. Right. Or you want a random certification so you can carry this gun or carry this augmentation. It's relatively easy to forge. Yes. But with that, it's harder to forge it so it looks more real. Yes, forging and forging well are two very different things. Yeah. And generally, there's a very large gap in pricing between forgery and good forgery. Because good forgery isn't done with crayon. No. Adorable forgery is, though. The kind of forgery that you put up in the refrigerator. Uh, And say, good job, little Timmy. You committed your first federal crime. But in cyberpunk, technology is king. And technology is the norm. Not... Being technologically advanced is kind of like what a lot of people view the Amish as now. If you don't have body modifications, if you aren't well-versed in computers, even as someone who isn't a hacker. Right. It's like, what what year do you live in? Do even you, when, do even you live in 2019? Even where we are today in 2019, if we stumbled into a cyberpunk universe, we'd pretty much have... Likely the same opinion of the general populace in the cyberpunk universe as the older members of our population have of the younger generation with their faces buried in their phones. Like, it's just, it is a completely alien thing to them. Yeah. I mean, when you have... You you never socialize then. You always got your your faces in your computer phones and your Xboxes. And just like, okay, let's take a picture. Let's look at a picture from, like, the 40s and all of you are reading newspapers. Fuck off. You didn't socialize either. (laughs) And, I mean, it's, like, just one step further. Instead of having, you know, your face buried in your phone, you have a cognitive implant that allows you to access the Internet. Yes. It's just, like, one order of magnitude greater than what everything is like now. Right. The dude slumped on the 
French in the bus station isn't a junkie. He's just what he's just binging on Netflix. Yeah, behind his eyes. Sounds kind of nice, actually. Now, within the Undercity, a lot of the Undercity has loose corporate control, like maybe the fast food restaurants and stuff might have, you know, their parent companies be a corporation. Right. But besides that, most of the Undercity is generally controlled by the gangs or random small groups of power. Yes. And this is generally where you start off as well, because... In, in at least Shadowrun, for example, you're usually a decker or running odd jobs for random mercenary groups or political, well, not political, but mercenary corporations of the Undercity. Yes. Kind of like the Little League for baseball. If the corporations are the Major League, everything else down there is the Little League. You gotta start somewhere in a par- and Shadowrun. At least you start at rock bottom. Have fun. So, if if you're starting off in Shadowrun and looking for a good place to kind of introduce your group, just have them fighting the gangs of the Undercity because the gangs try to act like corporations, but they really aren't. They're just because corporations wear suits. Oh yeah, but depending on the gang, you. St- still might have some issues yes. trying to fight them because ultimately they still have guns they have guns they've made some good money by being gangs and racking up those protection fees and, and being good with those guns and they might have you know stole a couple corporation goodies so right. they might have some powerful weapons right but as far as why cyberpunk blends so well with tabletop role playing well like how could it not yeah, it leaves a lot to be imagined. You can go so many different places with cyberpunk. Yeah, including places not necessarily limited to the physical realm, because there's that whole, there's a pretty common staple of cyberpunk of there kind of being the line between reality and cyberspace being a little blurry, because you can just plug right into it, and it, your consciousness right into it. Yeah. So like, there's that kind of blurry zone. In a way, it could be seen as the futurist, futuristic version of demiplanes. Yeah. And, I mean, depending on how close to Cyberpunk's, I mean, uh, Shadowrun's kind of mythical side you go with hints of dragons and stuff. Never work for a dragon. Never work for a dragon. You can get into a little bit more of the fantastical. You can work for people. Who, you can work for people who work for a dragon, but never work for a dragon directly. Yeah, no, that's that's how you die. One on one. Yes. Dragons are assholes. Who would have thought? Uh, numerous dwarves. <laughs> I can think of at least twelve or thirteen who would think dragons are assholes. Yeah. I struggled to name them all just because. Who doesn't? But, you know. Anyway. Anyway. But overall, like, if you want to have a good Shadow Punk game, make it gritty, make it punk rock, and kind of follow those stark contrasts in the, like, city life and kind of set. On the note of gritty, though, make it gritty, but have there be some semblance of hope. 
Yeah. Because you can't go full grit on it because there's got to be some motivation for trying. Yeah. It's, it's even not if, like... Even a... if the motivation for trying is just bettering your character, bettering their own, their own lot in a gen- generally a world, world kind of gone to shit. And I mean, that's, that's a big thing within Cyberpunk as well, is like, sure, things might look like they've gone completely away from humanity and like everything's different and high tech but at the end of the day cyberpunk still does carry that message that no matter how much technology you add people are still people right unfortunately yeah and for the good or good or worse of for better or worse people are still people no matter what technology you throw at them and you can i mean you can have like ruthless corporate overlords but you can still have the occasional like nice corporate agent or you can have the corporate overlords but you can still have the occasional bill gates yeah. like it's not a, it's not at all outside the realm of possibility so like yeah there's gonna be a lot a certain increase in grit level compared to people who are accustomed to high fantasy settings Depending on the high fantasy setting yeah. itself, but we will get to that mm-hmm. perhaps another in a different podcast. Foreshadowing. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's cyberpunk and it's grittier than D anD D, but it's not forty k level of gritty because it's it's gritty, not grim dark. Right, it's gritty, not grim dark because the neon lights still work. Yeah, and you know, at least you don't have the Inquisition rolling around. Right. All you have to worry about is the corporation, not the not the Inquisition looking for heresy. Yes. I'm not sure what you're trying to go for there, but yeah. I mean I thought you were going for a Spanish Inquisition joke there. No. I just straight up you, you don't have usually it's just the corporations you're fighting or just like the kind of Orwellian government. It's very rarely in cyberpunk, like, the huge mega church trying to, like, hunt down heresy and stuff. Right. Figures the one time I expect the Spanish Inquisition and they don't show up. <laughs> they were expecting. Been expecting you, sons of bitches. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That about do it for, uh... I think that about does it. Cyberpunk. Similar, but certainly distinct from sci-fi. Indeed. Which is where it originated from, which is, well, perhaps an ongoing theme for future oh. episodes. Anyway. I wonder what's going to happen next. I have a feeling things are going to get radioactive. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Dear listeners, if you have feedback input on what you think... Cyberpunk lends itself as a genre so well to tabletop role-playing. Head on over to our Facebook page, Shieldwall Productions at Facebook.com. Or head on over to our Twitter at the official SWP. Whether or not you have any stories you want to share about Cyberpunk and your experience with it, or just want to shoot your shit and talk, I'm more than happy to do that as well. Indeed, and wherever you're listening to us too, be it iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever, do not forget to subscribe if you are not subscribed already, and we shall catch you next time. Doodles!